And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. You are in rare form today, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I'm loving it. I'm loving the energy that you were bringing in the pre-show. <clears throat> I think I think we're going to have a yabba dabba do time. Thanks, DC. <laughs> I think we're going to have a great show, too. I hope so. <sighs> what's... What's new in the life of Doc Mitz? And it's been it's been a little while. I was sick as a dog last week, a dirty yeah. dog. So I heard you had yourself a little September cold. I, you know, it happens every year. There's nothing I seem to be able to do to fix it. That was uh, the thing I was going to ask. Is this a common thing when your yes. school year starts up and the little plague bearers come yeah. and get their spittle all over you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been like, yes, every, every September, year since you started this job, basically every September, they, they all come. We've had 10 weeks off. We're all in close confines. They're, you know, they're young. They don't have necessarily the greatest uh, hygiene and knowledge of germ transfer. And so they're coughing, you know, into the air. They're just leaving their head back and coughing. They're sneezing and getting snot everywhere on the table. Like it's, it's a madhouse. And inevitably, no matter what I do, at some point in September, I'm gonna get sick. And this year, it it happened like I was hoarse for two or three days. You know, trying to communicate with these children I barely know, essentially through sign language or like writing things down on a whiteboard because. You know, I am I'm barely making audible noise at some points. It was rough. I've probably asked you this on the show before, but I'm going to ask it again. Has a child ever full on sneezed into your face and or into your mouth? Um, I do not believe I have ever had. Nostril to tongue transfer. Okay. Um, but I am coughed on routinely. Okay. You know, you're reading with a kid and you're listening and all of a sudden they just kind of look at you and go. (laughs) (laughs) And I picture that uh, myth busters where they like had the colored liquid so you could see how fat far coughs and sneeze transferred. And it's just like, yep, it's all over me. I have, I have felt the wet. If that's what you're asking. I have felt the wet. That is unfortunate but so, an occupational hazard i suppose it is uh i will say though every time like i'm in my office meeting with a student considerably older who you know ought to have better ideas about hygiene and such and when they just like don't get me wrong they will typically at the least like i don't know cock their head in a direction that is not aimed at me. But the number of ostensibly adults that are not covering their mouths when they sneeze or cough within a relatively small room with another human being, I also find surprising. Yeah, it's, you know, and then 
not to mention, not only am I there with, you know, 19 of my new closest friends, <laughs> but then there's all the others. And, you know, so you're in the hallway and our my administration encourages us in the morning to stand in the hallway and try to say good morning to every student that you see. And so I'm getting, you know, hugs, which are lovely. And I appreciate that people think of me fondly, but it's just, it is, it is just this den of sick. And then my wife goes to work into her own den of sick. And, you know, we're, we are doomed. We are doomed, doomed, doomed. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a experience that you're likely to get out of without a little bit of collateral damage. And again, sometimes it's just a cold or, you know, I've, there have been podcasts we've done where like we finish and you're like, are you okay? Cause I've been hacking up a lung the whole time. Um, happens, this is yeah. just sort of the nature of the beast. And unless I wanted to, you know, wear an N95 mask 24 seven, um, which you have the option of doing, I suppose I do. Although there is a person I know who did that. And, uh, and a member of the administration asked if they would consider not cause it makes some parents uncomfortable. Um, to which this person very politely and professionally said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So yeah, that seems like the appropriate response to be honest. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so that, that was last week. And, uh, but I was looking forward to this. I was looking forward to, to seeing you. I, I, de- I need to know something you have given now one exam, two exams. How many exams? One exam. The second exam would be next Wednesday. Okay. How have they gone? Okay. Not fantastic. The average was maybe a little lower than I'd like, but the mean was approximately a 72, which is not far off from where I'd like to see it. The median was a bit higher than that, 74 or so. So not too snabby, I would say. And take it into um, consideration some of the other course tweaks I've made, you know, having a percentage dedicated mm-hmm. to homework and to participation and the like. Um, I think that that slightly off from average exam doesn't really matter. It'll be compensated for elsewhere. Um, I think you'll look at the final course grades at the end. At the moment, I would assume there wouldn't be much adjustment needed at all or warranted. So, We'll see how it goes from here. <clears throat> was there... I don't think the first exam is the most difficult exam by any means. Well, no. But students will always say, well, it's getting a feel for you and how you ask questions and blah, blah, blah. And I guess there is some amount of veracity to that. Um, now I have a... Let me stick on my current subject and then maybe I'll double back. Was there any cheating? I mean, I'm sure that there was. Was there any cheating that... I caught no. Uh, <clears throat> have you heard on you know whether it's in your classes or on on campus? Um, has anyone in your purview um, used adult toys as a method of cheating on their exams? I am not aware of any uh, chess grandmasters <laughs> taking my course. No, <clears throat> that to me. I, that was the fascinating article I read this morning, and I was oh, just really? like, are, are, you, are you kidding me? I want to say what... I first heard about this like a, 
a year ago might be overstating it. But no, I feel this like, is this is new information to me. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, so a this chest- guy, yeah, people have been saying this about this individual for quite some time. Yeah. Chess grandmaster um accused of cheating and one of the ways was through some sort of toy. Uh I won't go into details if you would like to go into details. Goes in the anus. Uh and apparently based on I, I I don't see this is the part I'm trying to figure out. Is he hovering his hand over pieces and somebody's watching unclear and like triggering something when he gets to the right piece? So I, that seems to be the thing is that even if this was happening, nobody can really decipher any sort of continuity in the decisions that he's making that would seem to be connected. At least that's yeah. where it was last I heard about it a long time ago. So unclear. My guess is realistically, if this really was something somebody was doing, then they must have some version of Morse code where some combination of different types of vibrations would probably alert him to the, his piece. And then you would, you know, using the grid system, the shorthand yeah. you would use. Yeah. They would probably be communicating kings, this kings, piece to this. King's Rook to E2 or whatever. Sort right. Of like, thing. So what the assumption would be from those watching, somebody is looking at the pieces on the board, feeding this into a, a chess simulator and spitting out yeah. the Grandmaster move, I guess. But I wouldn't at some point you stop caring about the game? Depending. <laughs> Depending. <laughs> like. At some point, you know. At some point, he's just sitting there going. (laughs) You're just going to ask for a cigarette break halfway through. I don't understand. Yeah, I did. But yeah, that was the first thing. Like I read this article and at first I was confused and trying to figure it out. And then my immediate thought was, I'm glad I read this on a Wednesday because (laughs) I've been waiting for now probably 12 hours uh, to be able to, to pick your brain about it. So. You know. Seems like more work than I'd want to put into cheating on something. But but then again, you hear about all of these elaborate, whether it's counting cards, whether it's, you know, casino cheating or even cheating on exams, like these elaborate schemes. And it's just like, just study for the damn test. Yeah, it would be faster. It probably would. <laughs> and a lot cheaper. Of yeah. <laughs> and way less harmful to one's bowels. Potentially, allegedly. Also true. Oh, goodness. Um, But yes, yes. So uh, I haven't played chess in a while, but uh, I was never that good. (laughs) Now you're inclined to give it another shot. I just just signed up. (laughs) Place my Amazon order. I'm ready to go. Look, I was at chess club in high school, and I feel like I missed out. Were you in chess club in high school? Uh, No. No, I was not. Um, I think I was on a middle school chess club and was just like, we're just playing and I'm not very good. So me neither. I know how the pieces all move, but I couldn't really start to talk to you about strategy of any kind. And in fact, ending a game is pretty much impossible for me. I can't, I, I have no way. I don't, I can't see far enough ahead to figure out how you pin someone. I into a check. Position. I did read some end game strategy. I now have a pretty good sense with either two rooks or a rook and a queen. 
sort of just cutting off part of the board and just Samar- slowly cutting off more and more of the board. But I'm not good at it. Yeah, when fair I- enough. But then again, I haven't had the proper uh, training like this guy. So, oh, Prop of incentive, goodness. you can learn anything. Yeah. True, true, true. Uh, we have missed quite a bit of wrestling news. I know you're can't not we? inclined to care. Okay. Um, Tell me what that news is. We got our wave of releases. That, of course, happened last week. The day, of course, after, you know, we record on a Wednesday. Thursday's when stuff seems to go down, uh, for better or worse. Um now, the names, there were no major names. Matt Riddle, perhaps, is the quote-unquote biggest name in terms of current wrestler. But we, you know, they released Dolph Ziggler. They released Shelton Benjamin. Um, a number of others uh, were released, The you know, the Maximum Male Models or what have you. Poor um, Emma Lena. Emma, yes, true, again. Um, and then, this week... Uh, the big news was that Jade Cargill has now officially signed with WWE to a multi-year deal, and they are making a very big thing about this. Um, so, you know, if you have no particular thoughts or interest, that's okay. I just felt like that was yeah. what was going on in the world of... I, I mean, too bad to see uh, some folks gone. Although, what's his name left, too? The... um. Apparently it was. I heard it was happening at the same time, but maybe not one of those releases. Ali, Ali, yes, yeah. I mean that's probably the biggest loss out of that group. Um, the interesting thing about that was he was scheduled this weekend. NXT's doing one of their premier live events, and he was supposed to wrestle for the North American title. Um, and yes, I believe he may have asked for his release rather than you know um, being. I recall he asked for his release previously as well. Um, he hasn't been pleased, I think, with his booking in, well, let's say ever, which makes sense because the guy got super over with the crowd at various points. He connects with people mm-hmm. and they just have nothing for him. So, all right, that's fine. Work somewhere else, I guess. And um, I do think that losing Dolph Ziggler is also interesting. I don't keep up the product. I don't know if he's even wrestled in the last five years. Um, But Dolph Ziggler has always been a very, very solid hand. Uh, You know, he's he's well past the Horner line. This is a dude that makes anybody look like a thousand bucks. I think. Yes, indeed. So as in terms of like that ability, Mm -hmm. I I think that's a bit of a loss. I don't know if they've even thought to use him in that way in some time, but he was always good in that role. His last match was in May. Um, you know, he was on TV a couple times, uh, but not wrestling. Uh, well, no, no, he was fairly active. Um, but yeah, I nothing- feel like tomorrow. If you told me Dolph Ziggler was in the match at WrestleMania, I'd be like, yeah, tracks makes sense. Yes. Like he was a guy who was big enough, over enough that you could slot him in anywhere on that card, and it would be a okay. So that uh, is kind of surprising. He was, he was one of the guys. I don't remember if it was a match or what, but like, you know, they put him in the ring with Goldberg because they knew he was going to sell the hell out of a spear and probably take a really good jackhammer. And you know, but yeah, he's he is one of those plug and play guys that you need a 
Um, you need someone to be a legit challenger for a mid card title. You need somebody to maybe fill out an elimination chamber match and, uh, or something like that. He's, you know, he's going to make sense. I would argue Shelton Benjamin would also be that Shelton's older by, you know, probably 10 years or so than, uh, yeah, Mr. Ziggler. So, but you know, same kind of thing. Um, and Ziggler's, I think, you know, he still has world championship feel to him. I think he held that belt some time ago. You could have slotted him into even a main event in a way that I, I don't know that you would with Shelton Benjamin, but perhaps speaking of, you know, talent that can make anybody look like a thousand bucks. Uh, now admittedly, I know the WWE does not do intergender wrestling, Yes. But they really could use a Dolph Ziggler um, to get Jade Cargill over on this roster. Because that's the one thing I think Jade makes a ton of sense in the WWE, right? She's built like uh, a brick wall, and that's what they love in that company. You think back even to the Chinas of the world and yep. so forth. Like She's got a look that's got to appeal to the Vince McMahons and all that. The only issue with Jade is... Well, yes, I will say over the course of the last two years or so that I've watched her in AEW, I will say she's improved, but she's not a good wrestler. No. So no, she is going to benefit heavily yes. from a run in NXT yes. and being at the performance <clears throat> center and yep. all of that, assuming that's what they do with her. They've, they put her on the main roster. She'll That's, have a strong initial run. Yeah. But the the concern for me is exactly that. Like they are making, you know, it was a big, it was big news on dot com. Like they made it, it was all the fanfare. You put her on SmackDown, you've got talent. She can go in there with Asuka or Charlotte or Becky or Bailey or Rhea or Bianca or whoever. <clears throat> but yeah, she got, but she really does need, and I don't know of those wrestlers you just mentioned. She needs a Dolph Ziggler. She needs somebody who makes her look like a thousand bucks, no matter what she does. So Natalia, perhaps that might be where we're we're going. And again, a Bailey would do that. I think. Yeah, you know, Bailey, but, Becky Lynch for sure. Yeah, uh, I would put her in NXT one hundred percent. Um, you know, you could have her just do the exact same thing that she was doing in AEW, have her build up a win streak, you know, take it on people. Maybe she does like Asuka. I don't remember if she was undefeated by the time she left NXT, but she lost very few matches. Um, and you know, let her be the, you know, Goldberg style sort of NXT run um, and hopefully get a bit better. She doesn't need to be great. She just needs to be good. Now, I granted, I've seen maybe one or two Jade Cargo matches ever. I don't know if she's good. Twitter would tell me that she's not. I've seen her in matches with several different people. And like Britt Baker, who herself is a solid enough wrestler in the ring could not have a good match with Jade Cargill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Th those, those middle, those, those middle talents yeah. 
can't do it. That is the concern. Right now, she reminds me of Charlotte in her early to mid NXT days. Like Charlotte yeah. got good very fast. And that's you the thing have- with Jade is she has not gotten good very fast. She's, She's gotten better. Yeah. But not good. But that's the you're wrestling once a week on an AEW schedule. Yeah. If she's at the performance center five days a week for three months, four months, six months, a year. Right. One I mean, and would again, hope she's a hell of an athlete. And she seems it. dedicated to it. So, uh, yeah, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt and say yeah. she's probably going to get real good real quick. So And, and she should want to do that. I would and again, hope. again, I don't want to say she's bad because she has improved. She just, I, I still think that the way her moveset is and all of that, like the only person on AEW that I think you should put into the ring with her was Ruby Soho. Like yeah. that was the only one. I think. <laughs> like, but there are, you know, and again, there, there is the, the risk you run that the NXT female roster isn't necessarily great, but <clears throat> just looking at the talent they have, Becky Lynch, Candice LeRae, uh, even someone like Indy Hartwell, Natalia, Nikki Cross, Piper Niven, Ripley, you know, Sonia DeVille, like there's lots of talent she could wrestle and do well with, you know, Mia Yim. So same sort of thing. Don't put her in there with Nia Jax. That no. is a recipe for disaster. But there's quite a bit of talent that I think could be used um, to help her. Yeah. And then, you know, this is far down the, the list, <clears throat> but I was pleased to see. It looks like we're get, we got an NXT vignette for uh, Brian Pillman Jr., who will be, I think, making his way to NXT. So good for him. In my so, head, he is Brian Pillman. Is that true? Well, no. <laughs> uh, that's not that's not how it works. But he looks an awful lot like his dad. Is the character a lot like that? The crazy? Uh, you know, Brian Pillman had two. He had the flying Brian days where okay. he was, you know, white meat baby face. Then he was part of the Hollywood Blondes, and he had a little bit more of like a cocky heel edge. And then he got hurt, so he lost a lot of the aerial moves that were his trademark, and then went into the crazy, I have weird sunglasses and a cane, and I'm part of the Hart Foundation, the loose cannon sort of um, era. I would hope this would be kind of a mix of them. Um, you know, we didn't see much except he's watching... Um, you know, somebody, you don't even see his face. Somebody is watching Cincinnati Bengals highlights. Brian Pillman was on the Cincinnati Bengals football team and, you know, some old WCW of which that would be again, Brian Pillman. So, you know, we don't know what the character is yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it eventually if I ever watch NXT. So, all right. Uh, we we kind of lost the, that part of the conversation, but I, it's interesting sometimes to look at the participant list for the cruiserweight classic 
you know, we, we did a series of videos where, or not videos, a, a podcast where we watched the cruiserweight classic and just sort of talked about it. Um, most of those guys are either in AEW or not with the company at all. So and again, it wasn't like they were going to sign all of them, but there will be that sort of weird trivia question when you're like, remember when they did 205 live and everyone will be like, oh yeah. And then that'll be the end of that. Right. Although I there was there were rumors after the Endeavor merger that you know WWE was considering going into more of a weight class based system, kind of like UFC. Uh, I am interested. You know, New Japan has done that. You know, junior heavyweight division, heavyweight division, and then an open weight division, which could be anybody. I would be interested to see how that would look. I don't know that it works in America, but I personally would be interested. I mean, I'd be interested, but with the WWE, I presume they would try it for about three months before you have Goldberg versus Rey Mysterio again. You know? Yes. Yeah, I think think the David and Goliath thing is too, you know, too good to pass up. I... I'd be interested to see if like one brand tried it just to just to see what it looked like. Yeah, wow. you could call it raw underground and you can make it more gritty. And Oh, man. Baba Tunde. We'll miss you, Baba Tunde. I don't know who that is. Oh, I'm looking at the the card for No Mercy, which is the NXT show this week. Uh, and again, I'm not sure that you would know most of these names. Is there an AEW show soon? Uh, let me see. They did their, you know, two in back-to-back weeks. Uh, let me see if I can find a pay-per-view schedule here. Oh, they're doing AEW Dream. Wrestle, Wrestle Dream, Dream. Right? Yes. So let me look at that. That would be more. Wrestling Isn't Dream. this supposed to be a little bit like a Forbidden Door style thing? I would assume so. Just but, So let's see what we've got here. AEW Wrestle Dream. Uh, oh, yeah, this is kind of a... We've got Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. That'll be a hell of a match. Yeah, I want to see that. Uh, Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland. Okay. I'm sure that'll be good. Uh, oh, hell yes. FTR versus Aussie Open. That's fantastic. Who the hell that is Aussie be, Open? Aussie Open uh, have been the Ring of Honor tag champs. They're a British team, or, an, or are they Australian? Either way, Glenn talked about them back when I did a tag team tournament years ago. They're very good. They are okay. the closest team that I can think of uh, to FTR. That's One of these guys of looks match. like Heath Slater, kind of. A little bit, yeah. Kyle Fletcher. He All is right. currently dating Sky Blue. I don't know who that is either. Okay. Who's Sky Blue? See, you're not on Twitter, so you miss it. Sky she's, Blue she's, is all elite. She's the latest, you know, everybody posts pictures of a certain part of her body every time she wrestles. Which part? Above or below the waist? The rump. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, this is a good show. Uh, The Ring of Honor tag champions who are better than you, Bebe, which is MJF and Adam Cole. All right. Will take on the righteous. The righteous are the team where you said I look like the big guy. Oh, I would watch the hell That's out of that. That's going to be a fantastic match. Uh, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi are taking on Will Ospreay, Sammy Guevara, and Takeshita. Which one's I'm Kota sure. Ibushi again? 
He was in the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, he was the one that's like in that DDT wrestling promotion, wrestling like dolls. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Christian Cage versus Darby Allen. Again? Yeah. Oh, again? No. Oh, I'm thinking of Jack. Uh, Not Jack Jungle Boy. Suspended. Not Jungle Boy. Yeah. Eddie Kingston versus Shibata. That'll be good. Yep. Um, Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart. Mm. Is, Ju- is Julia Hart any good? I don't know if I've seen uh, her. I saw. Uh, is she, she the did, cheerleader lady? She's with the House of Black now. Oh. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. She, she did a very cool. She was the cheerleader lady. Yeah. She did a very cool superplex where she kept her legs wrapped around the ropes. So she did the superplex and hung upside down and watched the person fall. Nice. Which was which was very Bray Wyatt-esque. Uh, and then there's a, of course, four-way tag, because that's always how they do things. Um, with Generation Me and the Guns and the Lucha Brothers and the team of Orange Cassidy and Hook. All right. That's a good show. That sounds like a great show. That's a, that's, yeah. When is this so, again? Uh, October 1st. So next week, this weekend, Sunday. This weekend, Sunday. Yeah. Is that this? I think it's in the evening. Is it during the day? It's probably in the evening. Let's see. It's happening here, so it's probably. It's happening in Seattle. Yeah. So, yes. Now, the only issue would be, is it going to take place at 8 o'clock? I'm I'm assuming it'll take place at 8 o'clock our time, 5 o'clock in Seattle. So, yet another reason why I wish I lived on the West Coast. Um, But, yeah, that looks like a damn good show. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully before too long, the rumors were that AEW will be on HBO Max and I'll be able to watch all of this stuff. Um, that's the latest news is that they would show up on Max or H- whatever they're calling that streaming service now. Max. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. <sighs> well, that was far more wrestling than I thought we would get to. But uh, I want to see that show. Yeah, Eric, F- you were gonna, you Rachel, were gonna let GQ unite. Uh, you were gonna, you were gonna like Aussie Open, I think. All right, and the righteous are darn good. But, you know, Eddie Kingston, new Ring of Honor champion, finally beat Claudio. Great. So, oh my goodness. Well, let's see. I got nothing major else to report. Any? How are the pups? I, let's get a pup update. What's the latest with, with, uh, with, the, with the doggos? How are the doggos? They're good. Lenny got his rabies shot last week. Street legal. And he's seven pounds. Almost twice as big as when he came home. Wow. Where did you? Where was your first out? Where'd you go? Where have you been? Where have you Cul-de-sac. Taken I'm sure that was very exciting. He loved it. He got to walk down the street and there were people and people gave him snacks and everybody wanted to love him and they all cooed and said how cute he is and he rolled over and they pet his belly and now he knows where his friends live and all he does is want to go to their driveways and sit there until he gets more treats. So, yeah, all in all, pretty exciting stuff. Do you bring your own snacks for them to give him or did they just happen to have snacks? These people have snacks. They come out with dog treats. You normally don't 
say positive things about your neighbors. This seems like I know they're not direct neighbors, probably. Oh, yeah, no, we got some good neighbors, though. There are some good ones out there. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. they're doing good. Uh, it is our last. I believe this will be the last podcast of September. What is Doc Manson's plan for Halloween 2023? I don't have one. I don't have a plan. I, haven't thought, do- I haven't thought about it. I mean, are honest. you doing Shocktober? I hadn't planned on it. Um, okay. When I'm busy, I'm too busy. So I don't want to commit. And I'd hate to. If I committed, I know. If I were to commit to something like that this year, I know I would only get like half of it done. And I probably should commit and. If I get 15 movies watched, that's 15 movies I watch. I should probably just try, right? But I don't know. Well, you should. I don't know. You should consider um, setting reasonable goal. You know, set a reasonable goal for yourself. Could you watch two movies a week every week of Shocktober? I'm sure I could. Yeah. But what's the point of that? What do you mean, what's the point of that? Two movies a week? That's not a thing. That's just watching movies occasionally. I would assume. It doesn't need to be every day. 31 and 31 is every day. Uh, So I'm saying do something other than 31 and 31. Well, yeah, I, I understand that's what you're saying. And I'm saying that's just occasionally watching a movie. How often do you watch a movie? rarely but that's because and in all fairness that's probably true for me too um that's probably true for me too yeah you know i'm just saying like okay so let me ask you this question how many horror movies on average ballpark would you say you watch in a month a few three four so okay so if you're watching three or four horror movies a month, already if you're doing, let's say, 10, you are doubling, if not more, the, your, your, the number of movies that you watch. You're not wrong. Your math does check out. You could go for 23 and try to do 23 horror movers, movies in 2023. Horror movers. Horror. Hey. I like it. I like it. Have there, has there been a horror? Movers. Come have, to help Dracula move the castle across country. Have, they don't know what they've gotten into. Has there been a horror movie about like moving people? Somebody's like some, you know, some rich family is trying to move this, you know, they're unpacking this palatial estate and the movers come and, you know, craziness ensues. Not that I'm aware of. Now, unless you count Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein or whatever, because wow. I think there's some shipping involved in that one. There you go. Or you could try to watch, okay, in the month of October, you are going to watch a horror movie from every decade. Starting with which decade? Whatever the first decade you can get a horror movie from is. Yeah, fair enough. And That would be a nice horrid thing, right? That's what I'm saying. Or I I think you should start doing something, and this would be with Scan Scary, where you have to essentially play like a Kevin Bacon-style game. Whatever the movie is... You have to then, it has to have something, has to be related tangentially. So it has to be either the same director. Now, granted, you could do a whole director theme. You're going to watch all the George Romero movies this October. You're going to watch all the Eli Roth movies this October. No, thank you. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I definitely could do something like that. And I will say, 
I have been thinking more and more seriously about a yes. about yeah. a horror movie podcast. Okay. Except you already do a horror movie podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a solo one. Just because I watch stuff and, you know, it's very select, the kind of stuff that we do talk about on Sound Scary. And I was sort of thinking, wouldn't it be nice to do a show where I just watch a random movie and I just give you 10 or 15 minutes on it? That's what I thought about it. That's about it. You know. That is season two of Horrid. Nah, that's not Horrid. It's got to be something else. Horrid's a history You're, of horror movies. This isn't you, history. But you could do that. You could do a history of horror movies just like watching historical horror movies. Like you have talked, I have heard the word giallo. Giallo? Am I saying that right? Giallo? Giallo. You could just watch a whole bunch of giallo movies and, you know, have a 10 or 15 minute podcast each one. You don't necessarily need to do all the research and write it and go into the horror, like the, the history You're right. of it. I just feel just. like, yeah, I just feel like if I was going to do it, it'd have to be something different because I think it would be a very different aim. It would just be more of a review show, more of a, more of an audio companion to my B movie geek website, which I don't really update at all. So I don't know what I would call it, but like, I want to be able to just say like, I want to say I, I just watched a movie from 2023 and it's got no connection to anything. I just want to talk what I thought about it. Done. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if that would be uh, interesting to anybody, but you I know. yeah, yes, because you are interesting. Well, thank you. But then I also think there is a podcast. I don't know the name of it where it's a movie review podcast, but they only review movies that have like a 40% Rotten Tomatoes score or lower. I've heard of that. I don't remember what it's called either, but I've heard of that. So, and, and okay. I, and I honestly so, thought about in terms of if I was going to do a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> Why not do the horror movie list? And every hey. episode you review a hey. one movie and you put it on the list. Hey, I love that. But I'm looking at right now a Rotten Tomatoes article, the worst horror movies of all time. So you start with 2008's One Missed Call, which has a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's, that's one overly harsh. And it's, I think it's probably only rated that because it's a remake of a Japanese film that's quite good. You. You just, I know. I just, I just, that's, that's, that's the episode. I that, know. I'm aware. Cause then you're watching Jaws the Revenge. And no, I am you. sure you would have a lot to say about that. I have nothing to say about a movie in which the shark telepathically communicates with the wife of the now late husband, Sheriff Brody, from the first two films. Yes, you And do. it's hunting down his children and generations you, but see here's the thing if you're gonna do b movie geek you have to do you have to do the bad ones too you can't just do the good bad movies you can't just do chopping mall which sounds fun you like you're right you, you have right. i i do believe if we had we recorded this last week this was going to be my question 
I believe that the theme for season two of Sounds Scary is we're going to get DC to watch a horror movie, even if it kills us. So we're only going to talk about ones that he's actually, because every episode so far this season is a movie that I would watch. I don't I think you would watch the next one. Okay. But I, I at the same time, you, do, you definitely wouldn't watch the next one. But I do think the next one's interesting for reasons of its own. Especially like, in a modern I've seen context. Tremors. I don't remember what the first, oh no, the first one was The Clowns. Yeah, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. And I would watch, like, so I was just like, I think that's it. I think they're going to add, because again, being an only child, you would obviously do an entire season of a podcast solely uh-huh. for my benefit. So I mean, honestly, I don't know that this is the official theme or anything. And again, like not all of them quite fit, but the vast majority of this season, I would say are gateway films. Like there are movies for non-horror lovers. If you got to sit down and watch a fun film. Are you doing That's the people under the stairs? Them. That's always that was my game. No, that oh, what that movie does not have a lot of love. I mean, it does, I guess, online, but I don't think GQ or myself really appreciates that era of Wes Craven very much. <sighs> oh man! All right, 2016's Cabin Fever, Ugh, the, disa- the Disappointments Room. Haven't seen it. Homecoming, starring Misha Barton. Haven't seen it, but I'm aware of it. Dennis Quaid's Beneath the Darkness. Mm, I might have seen that. Alone in the Dark with Christian Slater and Tara Reid. Yeah, that's legitimately one. Uwe Uwe Boll directed that. He went on a streak of making video game adaptations, because that is based on a video game, um, that are just completely awful. Let's see. I understand that Markiplier has sort of the market cornered on the horror game sort of thing. Cause I could also see you doing that too. I've thought about it. I could, but that's it. That's it. If you're going to now, if you wanted to make a giant, if we wanted to do it like a horror movie list, you've got to make a giant. Here is every horror movie that is on shutter. And I will rant, you know, I will, my spreadsheet will randomly pick one and that's the one you have to watch. Cause otherwise, what are you doing here? You're just, if you're going to do it, like you're just picking the ones you like. No, no. Cause see, I actually think that if I was to do something like that, it would have to just be random movies mm-hmm. and I would just rank them as they fall. Right. And I actually think because you and I both know when you're doing a list like this, knowing that there are talents in the case of our old list or movies in the case of this hypothetical future list that are five stars, that are your favorites, that are the top of the list, that makes everything less interesting because once you do hit one of those and they hit the number one spot or whatever, they're going to sit there for forever, for a long time. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So like, I almost feel like and this gets stupid really quickly. I almost feel like you would have to do a separate list. You would have to do a list of only the what you consider the five-star movies, and that would just have to live over here. And then you would have this other list for the other movies. You could do a tier list. Yeah. Like we did for video games. That's I considered true. that with, with my list, the the 
the one that I'm doing because I have Owen Hart at the top of my list and it's going to take a while. There are names that will be above it, but it's going to take a while before we get there. Yeah. Um, and there are some names, obviously, that once I get to that point, yes, there is no longer a point to doing this show. Yeah. Like, I feel like for the movie one, like you would have to say. Like. Like no franchises on this list, you know what yeah. I mean? Like the ones that spawn franchises and were uber popular, typically were popular for a reason. So mm-hmm. like it just, I, I don't know, like including them on the list with just your diamonds in the rough and your other riffraff, I just don't know is unless you fair have a fr- interesting. Unless you have a separate franchise list. Right. Because it would be interesting, I think, to, I agree. Hear, to hear you go through every Nightmare on Elm Street movie and put them in order. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. And I also think it would be interesting to not only then have, because all those movies are amongst, are amongst my favorites. So, like, to have those on a list also rated against all the Friday the 13th. Yes. And all of the Evil Deads. Yes. And all of the... And then you, would, you could have a separate list where you take the franchise and you rank the franchise. Not the individual films, but... Nightmare and Elm Street as a whole, where does it rank compared to? I'm so hard right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're talking about multiple spreadsheets. Oh, I don't even need I don't even need the chess cheating. I got there on my own. <laughs> oh. I love uh, you so much. Okay. Oh my goodness. I I love all of this because then I was thinking you could do a Joe Bob Briggs companion where you go back and try to watch all of those movies that he talked about and just rank those. But yeah, like you talking about how does Jason X rank compared to all the Freddy Krueger movies compared to all the Halloween movies? Because you also do not you have favorite franchises, but I have heard you talk in very negative terms about some of these movies. Absolutely. They're not all good. So I love it. And I think the people will love it. And what, you know how I know the people will love it when our email box is clogged with the emails next week saying how good of an idea this is. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So let's get into our, let's clean out our emails. Now we have a couple, we have quite a few because we did not record last week. Mrs. Manson checks in, uh, 5784. Greetings, Earthlings. Apologies for my lack of emails the last few weeks. By the time we get to listen to this episode, we'll have just about made it to the autumnal equinox, officially fall. At Manson Manor, we've been indulging in festive fall treats. Lots of pumpkin spice and other goodies from Trader Joe's, including some maple fudge that is delicious. My parents visited last weekend to celebrate Rosh Hashanah. Happy 5784. A very beige meal was had. Roast chicken, kugel, challah my dad made, the usual fare. My my mother also made an apple pie. It was passable, but not great. I'm pretty sure I owe Doc a pie. Question, do you refrigerate fruit pie leftovers? Lashana Tova Umatuka for a sweet new year, Mrs. Manson. Uh, yes, uh, I, I know that you don't say happy Yom Kippur. Um, was, was there a toning happening in your house? Sure. 
Let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, I can't say I, any of us are particularly practicing of no. any of the various religious denominations. Let that, me ask you this question then. Okay. Did your wife take the day off? No. Okay. So uh, I know someone who is of the Jewish faith um, and who has to use a personal day every Yom Kippur because it is not built into her professional contract uh, that she gets that day off as a religious observance, which seems to me all sorts of illegal, but that's just me. I don't know. Frankly, I, I, I kind of go the other way with it where I feel like no religious holiday should be given time off from work. Well, that's different. Yes. If you wanted to go that way, like if you want Christmas off, you take Christmas off. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't good Friday. What the heck is that? Like, I, why do, it's, why do some people get that off? I don't know. I, I'm a fan of it. Cause I always get that day off, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, yes. I refrigerate fruit pie leftovers. Maybe you're not supposed to, but I, we refrigerate most stuff here. What did I send you? I sent you a text. No, I don't want to practice my Spanish right now. Shut up. Uh, oh, the Trader Joe's beef pho. I don't know if you've had a chance to. Uh, I didn't see it. Partake. I went to Trader Joe's. I looked in every part of the frozen aisle. Mm-hmm. And I did find a section where there looked like there should have been some type of soup because it was yep. on the label, but it was empty. And there were no other soups near it. And I did not see anything labeled pho. So I did not see it. Yeah, I saw I was there recently and I saw it there. I tried the the chicken fajita rice bowl sort of thing with rice and quinoa, which was not bad. A little spicy, but not bad. Is this near the rice bowls? Yeah, it's in that section. You know, you have your your like the dumplings and all of that. And then I feel like it's to the left. You have your like the the burritos and all of that. And then if you keep going to the left randomly, there it was just this, you know, is it towards the milk? The back of the store? Kind of. I want to say it's like middle to middle left, but I also right. so. So, but but yes, uh, you know, it was good. It was good. It was good. Is Was it as good as the place we go? No. I was tempted, no. though, the next time we go to get the special that comes with the tripe and the... Really? I was like, you know, I watched, I think, Maddie Matheson make, make it, and he's, you know, putting bone marrow and stuff into it. And I was like, I feel like you kind of, like, I want to know, like, kind of what the authentic one tastes like. Because I feel like this, the version we have is the kind of more probably Americanized version, but I could be wrong. Fair. What's your favorite? What's been your favorite pumpkin spice thing lately? Um, we'll go with the gluten-free pumpkin pancake mix from Trader Ooh. Joe's. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Our next question comes in from Nate, titled "Questions." Good afternoon, D and D. With you guys back to work, what has been the hardest part of getting back into the routine? Strangest interaction you've ever had with a student? Why do you think AEW hasn't gotten on a streaming platform yet to make them more accessible? I hope you both have a great night. Cheers, ya bestie, Nate. Well, we should mention that some of these are from 
last week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Since the since that email, uh, it appears AEW is heading towards Max, which I think was always the plan. I think they were just waiting each other out. Uh, hardest part of getting back into the routine, Doc Manson, go. I don't know. Um, as I I think I've already said it on the show. I I haven't. I haven't like felt bad about being back at work yet. Like if anything, I've this year, I have actually felt rested. I, I will say, I think this week I felt like I didn't want to get out of bed at least a day or two. Um, but largely getting back into the swing of it was pretty, pretty easy. This, this time. I don't know if that'll be the case every year going forward. I'm sure at some point I'll be like, uh, same shit, different day. No, thank you. But like this year, because again, I'm, I'm doing so much less. It's, it's been refreshing. So uh, yeah, I think, I, it's, I think that's going to be different for you. That between that and the fact that you were still traveling to campus on your summer, wasn't like yeah. you just we're gone f- forever. But yeah, True. I, I think because this is more of the job you wanted rather than the job you had to do for all those years, it's going to feel a little. Yeah. And the emails come in regardless. It's not like you had a break from the emails. True. <laughs> uh, the hardest thing for me, getting back into the routine, the hardest thing for me is the the exhaustion that you feel because I don't know about you. I can't speak for any of the besties, of course. Um, I have my caffeinated tea in the morning. And I will sometimes have like a watered down version, maybe around lunch. But I am not having caffeine in the afternoon. So by 8 o'clock, obviously, it's me, uh, I'm pretty wiped. And that is not fun. Like in the summer... I'm not staying up super late, but I don't have that. You feel like you got hit by a bread truck sort of feel. Um, That to me is the hardest part. The mornings aren't bad. The mornings I get up, I do my thing. I'm making the teas. I'm putting lunches together. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's the, the fact that the day ends so early. That is, is irksome. Strangest interaction I've ever had with a student. I, I will not be a pain in the ass and ask you to define what interaction means. Um, and and mine are usually my strange interactions are more usually with parents than with students. I'm trying to think of. I've had kids who come over to me to tell me that they've wet their pants, and I realize that they're in the process of wetting their pants. So, like watching it actively happen is not something that yes or you know and spreading down the leg because the kid wore shorts or whatever sort of thing um i'll go with that for now because i can't think of a better one what about you strangest interaction with a student which is a weirder thing to say to someone who works with uh older you know strange interactions with a college student could be a weird thing Hmm. I one of the strangest things is when you have a student who asks if they can come and see you in office hours so they can go over, say, their performance on an exam. 
and they come and you know you open the exam and you start going through it with them and as you're going through and usually in these meetings like you know you'll talk about the questions that they got incorrect and you know what the strategy might have been or what concept it was that was the key to that question and every once in a while you'll get a student who spends that meeting trying to convince you that they know everything and that they knew how to answer all of those questions. Like they know the concepts, like the back of their hand. And yet they just did not perform on the exam. And I don't get me wrong. Like that's a thing where, where some people, yes, they really do know the concepts and, and they, they have anxiety and they don't test well or whatever. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who very <laughs> clearly does not know the material and spends the entire time trying to convince you that they do know the material. But every word out of their mouth is just furthering the evidence that they have no idea about anything related to the material. Um, that's always a little surreal when that's happening to me. I always, I always kind of get one of those, I, I don't, not quite out of body experiences, but I feel like this association mm -hmm. as though I am watching the situation happen, and I'm just Larry <laughs> David <laughs> off to the side <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's at that point. Can you just cut the it's person strange. off and go respectfully? You're full of shit, and we all. I mean, I could, I suppose, but okay. I'm trying not to get Fair shot enough. in the face. So, you know, you know, uh, and I will say if that's not to your liking, I, I think that's it. probably the one, though. But um, I recently had a student come to my office. They took my course last year and, you know, they would stop by my office and we would talk about things. Um, but they came back and they showed me, they, they were in my office probably for a half hour, maybe more. And we spent that time, them showing me photos from their summer vacation. And I know that yeah. immediately sounds like what <laughs> now I'll do one better. <laughs> this person is an immigrant from Syria and they went wow. to Mecca over the vacation and they were showing me photos yeah. from it's not technically the pilgrimage um because that's like a separate thing but like it's going to that site and praying and like going to the mountain that's there two mountains i think you said and back and forth and whatever and he's telling me this and he's showing me this and we're talking about this gland that comes from a type of deer they have there that's used as a perfume and then he finishes the whole thing off by handing me a lunch bag with homemade shawarma from That's his mother. That's very touching. It's a weird interaction, but it is touching that this person, maybe who does not have a huge uh, network in in his, you know, in their yeah. life, uh, you know, chose you as someone who may appreciate it. And kudos to you for taking the time to... Uh, to, you know. Yeah. And I will say, back when he would visit me when he was taking the course, yeah, sometimes that stuff would come up. 
sure. um, some of the weirdness of culture and things. And so, you know, he started teaching me a yeah. little bit about, I won't say his religion, yeah. but like language, words and things like that. And so he realized pretty soon on that I was open yeah. and talking about this stuff and, yeah. you know, trying to understand his background and so forth. So, yeah, you know, again, but I, not bad, strange, just mm-hmm. not what you would think of an interaction being for a professor yes. of, you know, a, a, a but, but again, based I think life a testament to the type of person <laughs> and type of teacher you are. Uh, that you can have those kind of relationships in a collegiate setting. Proud of you, Doc, and proud of you. Got to be good. Homemade Schwarmer. Uh, we got a bunch I mean, from Glenn. On, I'm a failed bestie. I'm really sorry, guys. I forgot to send an email last week, but we'll make up for it by sending two this week. I hope it wasn't only Mrs. M who sent one and some of the other besties covered my grave. Glenn, you are never a failed bestie. You will always be the bestest of all besties. And now he sends one, versatility. Hi, guys. In your opinion, who has been the most versatile wrestler in history? Would it be The Undertaker for taking a gimmick and adapting it for years? Or Chris Jericho? Always innovative with adapting his character or someone else you can think of. Thanks, as always. Glenn double N period. Taker's probably one of the better answers because his gimmick took on so many different iterations. You know, every year or two, he added something different, you know, whether it was the purple with the Leslie Nielsen thing or bringing out some MMA moves in the later 90s, the American Badass, Back to the Dead Man, you know, and at that point he had sort of reached the pinnacle of legend status. Um, but even the haircut, you know, heading into Mania was at 30, where he, you know, cut the hair short. And um, Mick Foley comes to mind, you know, being able to play essentially three characters at one time. Four, if you add the man himself, is pretty impressive. Um, those are the two that come to mind right away. Yeah, I think Undertaker is probably a big one because it worked across such a long period of time. I love the versatility of the three faces. <laughs> Pardon me, of the three faces of Foley. Yes. But that was over such a shorter period. I'm not sure if that quite ranks the same way. And, I mean, I might have said Jericho, if you asked me five years ago, ten years ago, I don't know. But now he's kind of overstayed his welcome. And don't get me wrong, Undertaker overstayed his welcome also. But he was only wrestling once a year for a lot of that. Yeah, by that point. So it's a little bit of a different situation. Even at the end, with that Boneyard match, that is more American Badass Undertaker than than the dead man sort of that we got so even at the end he you know kind of changed it up a bit probably to be more mark calloway than anything else yeah i think the answer is taker um any other wrestler you know eddie guerrero was versatile he could be a heel he could be a face but he wasn't playing he was himself in different variations i don't think that counts as much uh 
Let's see. Next, we hear from Danielle, arriving soon, UK Foods. Hello. As previously mentioned two weeks ago, I was going to chat about my boyfriend, Lucas. We've been together since December 2021 and been enjoying living together since January 2022. I'm doing math in my head. We both have similar lifestyles and it has become easier to live together. It's like living with a best friend's soulmate. So the soulmate of your, sorry, we get what you're saying. I just woke up from a nap and as Lucas woke me up to tell me what he ordered, I feel as if this order describes how Lucas handles situations and love for food perfectly. PayPal has been a pain for us recently. They keep asking for verification stuff and he gives them the verifications, but then the system glitches out and won't let him do any shopping. And yes, he's had numerous chats with PayPal. Until we discovered that PayPal was cool with money being spent via UK currency. It started with my entry tickets to the short story writing contest I mentioned a few weeks back. I got two tickets, alternate history plus fantasy and Western plus horror. There were no issues with having the currencies exchanged from US dollars to the UK Great British Pound. I assume that's what GPP means. Today, Lucas wanted to use some of the last $90 he had. You know what he does? Orders from British Corner Shop for some Christmas baked goods, tear-faced emoji. The website says it's one to two days shipping to the U.S., which shipping alone was 20 pounds. DC and Doc, have y'all ever tried any of these foods? Here's what he ordered. Cottage Delight Sweet Apple Chutney. No. Cottage Delight Spicy Mango and Ginger Chutney. No. Matthew Walker Alcohol-Free Christmas Pudding. No. Terry Milk Chocolate Orange. Yes. No. I've had a chocolate orange. Uh, Quality Street Matchmakers Honeycomb. I haven't had that particular, but I've had honeycomb before. Mary's and Spencer, although I think it might be Marks and Spencer. Very Merry Munch. No. Marks and Spencer Perfectly Matured Iced Rich Fruitcake. I've had fruitcake, but probably not that one. UK besties, I'd love to hear what recipes Mm. or food recommendations you have for these holiday treats or any amusing stories that come with some of these foods and removing his PayPal so he doesn't have to deal with that BS again. Lucas really enjoys food and cooking up new delights and treats. I know he's going to be listening to this response because I couldn't get him to send in an email. Uh, Laughing, sweating emoji. Hi, Lucas. Welcome to the show. Doc, we watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space last week, and we both enjoyed that movie. Ah. My next idea is taking an empty glass jar and writing the movie titles that have been recommended on DDT and Sound Scary on slips of paper or note cards. When we are wanting to watch a movie, we'll just pull them from the jar or watch a movie. And watch a movie. It'll require me to go back and look at the titles mentioned in the episodes that were listed in the episode notes, or seek out movies in the Discord or X chat. Mainly, we are looking for horror movies to start with and then going toward action thriller movies we haven't seen. This email was longer than expected, but hey, happy Wednesday. This evening, I'm going to the OKC Dodgers playoff minor league baseball games with friends, which will be fun. Cheers, Dan. Yeah. I think. I am going to let GQ know that you watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Because he is always begging me to know if anybody has written you in. You have emails to every week. Scary podcast to let us know. Well, oh. he just means from amongst the oh. besties of the DDT 
okay. podcast in particular. He's very interested I am very in our, impressed in our the fan uh, best besties. Sending in emails for that show. Like that's amazing, isn't um, it? And also, yeah. Danielle. Nonstop. It'll be trickier, but go back and listen to Horrid and write those movies down. Glenn's, I don't know that you'll enjoy any of those. Some of them are barely movies. Glenn sends by in his third standards. email, and I'm very excited. Great baking. Hi, guys. With the great British Big Off back on UK TVs, with a new host along with Noel, had me wondering if you were on the show, if you were on the show, what would be your signature bake? Thanks. Uh, it should be on next period. Friday here on, on, you know, if you're getting it through Netflix, if you're getting it from the UK somehow with your magic, you probably watch it a little earlier. Um, next week, next. Week. I wasn't aware that it was back or that new it was host. coming back. I don't remember her name, so I'll have to look into it. Noel. Allison That's Hammond, the one. Bake Off's Amos Allison Hammond has brought something new, Uh-oh. and it's not comedy. Subheading, which is a good okay. thing. Allison Hammond has finally made her Great British Bake Off debut, and it may not be what many fans were expecting. Okay. Interesting. Maybe she has some, you know, inside knowledge on baking that she can share. Uh, all right. So, yes, I'm uh-huh. quite excited. What would be my all signature right. bake? Probably some sort of banana bread type thing. I'm not a baker. Although I made some quick peanut butter cookies that were good. What about you? What's your? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably some kind of banana bread, although I'm not really a baker. Um, maybe some sort of chocolate chip cookie, though. I've made those, too. In all fairness, I didn't mean to copy you, although that's what I did because it was good. kind of funny. Uh, but I do really like banana I'm, bread, and I, I love I have to make recipe. a perfect banana um, bread. So. And I've been making... These quick banana cookies. It is mashed bananas, uh, ready-made oats, and chocolate chips. And you mix them up, pop them in the oven. It tastes very much like banana bread. The uh, the calorie count is lower because you're not using flour or sugar or any of that sort of stuff. Delicious. Finally, we hear from Che, our old friend, food. Evening, gents. Bake Off started last night, and there's a new member of the team, Allison Hammond. She found fame after appearing on reality TV back in its infancy and quickly secured a spot on daytime TV as a presenter slash interviewer. Be interested to see what American audiences make of her after a couple of weeks. Anyway, do you guys have a favorite TV chef? Hope you and yours are well. All the best. Che sent from Outlook for Android. I loved Emeril back in the day. I loved Mario Batali. We're not allowed to like him anymore. Um, Alton Brown's admittedly <laughs> a dick, but I'd probably go with him. Oh, no. Okay. There's a guy, again, no. if we're talking t- if it's somebody on t- who was on TV, yes, Alton Brown. Um, if we're going with, you know, cooking shows online, I guess Maddie Matheson technically had his own show. There's a guy named Gennaro who's uh J- works with like Jamie Oliver over in the UK. He is a crazy Italian man and I love him. So. Okay. 
I don't know if I really have a favorite one. I always enjoyed yeah. uh, Masaharu Morimoto on The Iron Chef. I always thought his meals, his dishes were interesting, certainly. Um, I like Paul Hollywood because I like his character that he is, but I also get the feeling that as a human being, he's not great. That is the tricky so part with all of there's this. There's that. Yeah. Um, Anthony Bourdain seems to have had a lot of friends, yeah. right? Or, I'm sorry, uh, fans, uh, perhaps. Uh, not a chef, and also somebody who I, I think ultimately was somewhat problematic. What was the name of that guy from Man vs. Food? Adam something? I want to say Adam Savage, but that's not right. Adam Richman. Yeah. He wasn't a chef, but I always enjoyed watching his culinary exploits back in the day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, I'm sure Glenn could get behind me on this one. Uh, how about crazy. Julia Child? She was a hoot. She just seemed like she was yep. breaking into yep. that she cooking sherry good. the entire uh, there's time. There's a guy on YouTube, Sam the Cooking Guy. He's pretty interesting. Um, I'm not Though I did eat at his restaurant at the casino <laughs> when I was there this summer. You know, if you would just on, bleach that hair and cut it short. <laughs> <laughs> you got to squint a little more, but well, take me to Flavortown. <laughs> if I got one of if I got one of tall guys, yeah, I love button it. up shirts. I love it. I would I could pull it off. I haven't seen him in one in I a while, but I also haven't those. seen him in a while. So, what's your piece of positivity Same. there, Doc? Thank you, to everybody, sure. for the emails. Of course, what you got going on? Is it a video game? Is it a movie? Is it life with the dogs? What do you got? Um, I'm looking forward. I'll mention this just because I was working on it before we recorded tonight. I'm looking forward to the Halloween special uh, for Sound Scary this year. I think it's going to be a hoot. Um, but I will say my piece of real, my, my other piece of positivity for this week is a movie that I watched called Cobweb. Um, this is a relatively recent film, 2023. It's got Lizzie Kaplan in it. Um, and it was kind of this out of nowhere, I feel like, horror movie that I hadn't really heard or seen a lot about. I'd seen the poster here and there. I, I think it was on a few different streaming services. Um, I don't even think the reviews for it are all that great. Um, and this actually says releasing soon, October 20th. So it might not be out on video on demand yet. But I thought I saw it streaming places. And anyways, I've seen it. Uh, and I actually thought it's quite good. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's this sort of this story about uh, this main character who's a little boy. He's like, I don't know, eight years old, something like that, nine. And so it's a young character. And he wakes up in his bed. This is like right at the start of the movie. And there's 
knocking sounds happening on the wall in his bedroom, right? And so, like, right away, you're like, ghosts? Or, again, if you've seen any of these movies, you're like, ghosts? Or someone's in the walls, right? One of the two. Um, And it kind of just goes from there. But it's this interesting story because, again, it's got the main character who's a kid. He's got these two parents. His mother's Lizzie Kaplan. I think the father is played by Anthony Starr. And they are just, I mean, they're caring parents, but they're also weird. There's something off about them. And is there something off about them or is there something off about them because we're viewing them through the eyes of an eight-year-old narrator, right? Um, And, you know, like he's bullied at school. He doesn't really get along with anybody, but he's making connections with his his long-term substitute teacher. And I don't know. It's just, it reminded me sort of like the Babadook if, but like if the Babadook, the Babadook, I actually really like that film. A lot of people don't like it because they think the little kid is the most annoying thing in the world in that movie. But on rewatch, the kid is supposed to be that way. It's like, but anyways, in this film, the actor does a fine job. He's not annoying at all. But this movie reminded me of the Babadook if the kid had been the main character. Because in the Babadook, the mother is the main character and you're seeing things through her eyes. But this is through the eyes of a child. And so in some ways, I thought that was interesting. Um, And like this movie does have a lot of sort of classic sort of horror movie cliches. But the thing that I think is interesting about them is they don't play them the way that you expect them to. Um, they, They have the cliches, but they are actually executing them in ways that are doing something different. And I always sort of enjoy when movies do that. Um, And the other thing I really liked about it is there's a lot of Halloween imagery throughout the film. It's actually a really good, I think, Halloween film. Um, There's jack-o'-lanterns, there's Halloween decorations behind this kid's house. For whatever reason, they're growing a pumpkin patch. There's all these pumpkins back there in different shots of the film. So it just has this atmosphere and this feeling of Halloween on top of the story, the creepy little story that it's telling. And I mean, neither here nor there, but like, I also think that ultimately what they pull off in the film, I mean, spoilers, I guess a little bit, I'll be very gentle with the spoilers, but you know, click ahead 15 seconds. If you don't want to hear it at all, I do think this movie did a really good job of creating a, what could essentially be a new modern horror icon far more successfully than any other film I can think of from the last decade, except with maybe the possible exception of Terrifier. Um, Art the Clown, I think, is pretty noteworthy as well. But I think they did a really good job overall. I, I think it plays really nice. It's a nice, tight hour-and-a-half movie. It just moves. And yeah, it's I fun. read the Wikipedia good. page. Cobbler, I recommend it. Up. So, it's, it, it was a... It was a- Why? tense sort of you know unnerving just wikipedia recap so okay all right very nice how about you dc what is your piece of positivity i should have seen that and immediately stopped (laughs) so oh goodness she's Uh, good though she's also the guy that plays what's his name he's in the boys right he's the guy he's the superman guy I don't know. Homelander. Homelander. Yes. Homelander. And so 
if you are familiar with his work from that show, I think that also helps feed into this feeling of mm -hmm. distrust, maybe, that you have with the parents, um, which I think ultimately works to the movie's favor because that is the way that they are painting uh, the parents. So, anyways, I enjoyed it. Let I thought see. it was pretty what good. Has been, what has been, ooh, wow. Four That's stars. Four stars. Not, hey, still. Out still, of five. Still. Interesting to see where it would go on a horror movie list. Oh, let's see. Me what too. has been going on with me that has been... I'll say this. Uh, last year, last school year, if you recall, I was not having a great time. Uh, it was a rough group. They were all lovely as individuals, and then you put them together, and it was a nightmare. Uh, this year, we're only a month in, just about. Uh, but I will say... Things feel better. I am not coming home as drained. I am not coming home as as agitated or frustrated. Um, and now that I'm not sick anymore, uh, it is it is more pleasant, and I have more time to do uh, other things that you know, rather than just sitting and feeling exhausted all the time so i even considered had i not had to work late i considered going out for a walk this afternoon because it was lovely out then then had to stay late but uh so i will say that hopefully we'll uh we'll be wonderful in multiple ways um so yeah well there we go friends uh another fantastic time only a little bit of editing needing to happen on the part of uh on of Doc Manson. I believe I also mentioned the Ice Cream Social podcast. I think that might have been a piece of positivity a couple of weeks ago. It continues to be really good. Again, I, if you like us, I think you will also very much like them. Um, plus, I was you know they were interviewing. This is from back in 2014. Whatever they were interviewing uh, somebody about the Oculus Rift, and so they're talking about you know gaming or something and i feel like one of them said some one of them who's more of the nerd was like this is turning it into an episode of the giant bombcast and i was like i understand that reference so uh thank you for <laughs> joining us have yourselves a delightful end of october doc manson anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night maybe like your thoughts right on the air send us an email Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you feel bad for GQ, send him an email. Email at soundscarypodcast.com. If you like what you've heard, and really, how could you, head over to the patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling. Become a patron. Give us a little bit of financial support. Help us keep the lights on. Pay for the hosting. And all that. He is good Doc Manson. At Doc, Man at Doc Manson, even. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a fabulous rest of your week. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? You know, I didn't really mention it, but like the last, I don't know, 15 minutes of Cobweb also, probably explaining why I liked it, the last 15 minutes or so turns into a Sam Raimi film in a lot of ways. Which, yeah, gonna have also, nightmares. 
really led me to enjoy it.